0: Hello, listener, and welcome to Switch It. Who's in need of a strategic timeout? The Ashes are long gone, the 100 is done. Next is on to a month of bilateral white stuff as the lead-in to the men's ODI World Cup. And there's plenty going on elsewhere, from the Asia Cup to the T10 Masters in the US, which is rapidly becoming cricket's version of a retirement home. Much like the rest of the schedule, the English summer also takes the view, if it's already broke, don't bother fixing it. So I'm not even going to attempt to explain why England are playing four T20Is and four ODIs against New Zealand over the next two and a half weeks. That's a job for the two wise men joining me on today's pod. ESPN Quick Info UK editor Andrew Miller and senior editor Osman Samyuddin. G'day chaps. Lovely to see your faces squished into the corners of my laptop screen. Hope you're both well and uh, hope you enjoyed four uninterrupted weeks of The Hundred. Uh, or, or holiday season, as I think it's known in some sections of the cricket media. Yes. <laughs> a snap, a snap, judgment Miller on how the third edition went.
1: Snap, judgment. I thought it was a, a vast pickup on the, the first two. I, you know, I got to give credit where it's due. I thought the uh, the finals. I mean, last year's finals obviously were on uh, some pretty dismal pitches at Lords and pretty underwhelming. Um, but this time, I thought it was the the, the whole shebang. I uh, thought the Eliminator, uh, the Oval worked better than uh, the Aegeus Bowl. There was none of that uh, issue of the team that won travelling up the M3 and uh, generally feeling like they're losing momentum in the moment of victory. Uh, and, you know, some great storylines came out of it. We've got um, Anish Robsol on the women's side, of course, um, bowing out in glory on the scene of her, her triumph in 2017, which was a, a great story in itself. And, you know, albeit Josh Butler didn't get over the line in the final, um, that Innings that he produced uh, in the in the eliminator at the Oval uh, was a case of you know England's very best player, probably one of the greatest white ball players of all time, a homegrown great producing a great innings in a homegrown tournament. I mean, you you couldn't really ask for much more than what we got on that occasion, and then you know Tom Curran pops up with the decisive performance in a real helter skelter final at, at, at Lords. So yes, it was a it was a a pleasing end to the tournament. I I felt as though it it found its feet. Uh, Obviously, the the start of the tournament was uh, undermined by the weather, which is always an issue when you uh, put things into a block in the English summer. You will get uh, hit by the conditions from time to time. But broadly speaking, you know, as as I said way back, uh, the 100 needs to be a success uh, for the good of English cricket. They've put all their eggs in one basket and I'm prepared to accept that this tournament was on balance a success. It doesn't necessarily prove every ill that has ever been said about it is wrong, uh, but you know, on balance, if you were if you were forced forced to weigh up, good or bad, I think on balance it was a good tournament.
0: You're beginning to sound more and more like a convert, uh, Miller. Uh, <laughs> Oz, you you've had. More important matters to attend to, like keeping track of World Cup fixtures, uh, where they're moving to, and getting your head around the fact that Pakistan are ranked number one uh, in uh, uh, in the world in ODIs. And I have not been able to wrap my head around either of those facts yet.
2: One, because I don't believe the World Cup schedule is still finalised, I think. (laughs) I would not be surprised if there's more changes, um, I, I I believe tickets have gone on sale um, or pre-sale in some places, but you know, like the World Cup, I've just got to say it, and I've been dying to say it somewhere loudly for a while now, the the organisation of it has been an absolute shambles, it's it's on the ICC, it's on the BCCI as well, T- to be not sure of where we are with that, with what is cricket's showpiece tournament, uh, just over a month out from its start date is an absolutely ridiculous, yet somehow completely apt, uh, state of affairs for for the game as it is. I know that there is a lot of uh, unease and frustration within the ICC about how it's you know how it's coming to this. Um, you know, there there's no signs of what in other world every workout. Uh, usually has like a local organizing committee that you know is is made up staffed of people from the host boards and and the ICC and they take a fairly prominent role in in these matters and and how the organization comes about they have a tournament director like Steve Elworthy I I believe if I remember correctly was appointed tournament director for the 2019 edition a couple of years in advance I think we we kind of knew that he was the point man here we think Hemang Amin, the interim CEO of the BCCI, is the tournament director, but every ICC release about the World Cup has him still designated as the BCCI BCCI CEO and not the tournament director. I've been told by two fairly senior people at the ICC two contradictory things about who the tournament director is. Um, And and it's it's an absolutely ridiculous shambles. You know, the, the point about the schedule being so late uh, and not being, you know, finalised. Well, now it is, but you know, taking so long is that a lot of fans from outside of India will just not be able to make it to the World Cup, just because you know you need to kind of plan for these things, uh, and and you wonder how many fans you'll get from outside, and whether the BCCI even cares that there are that many fans from outside of India going into going into the country, and you know, we've put these questions to the ICC. We're waiting for a response. You know, I'm not going to hold my breath on it, but if this is the way they want their premium tournament to be uh in, in, in international cricket then my god we're in more trouble than we thought um and on the happier note of pakistan being number one the <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's a fairly phenomenal feat. i i would just like to qualify that with and i'm sure people will call me like you know some kind of old boomer grinch of some kind but the ODI schedule has been so weird in the last cycle between the two ODI World Cups that you know it, it's thrown up all things. Pakistan have not played that many ODI games compared to a lot of other countries. Neither of England, weirdly, Pakistan have had some uh, ODI games against. Um, I think I think they've had games against Zimbabwe in this and Afghanistan as well. But you know, it, it, it's felt like a, a format that people don't particularly care for between the two cycles. Um, and they've managed to get to number one, which is an amazing achievement. I mean, they are genuinely a good team and genuinely a contender um, at the at the at the World Cup. And yeah, I guess you know rankings don't lie. They're they're probably the best ODI team in the world, if not in the top three right now.
0: There we go. Um, we all know that. Uh... Well, part of England's planning for winning a World Cup. Being number one in the world was a, a good indicator of success. So uh, all set for Pakistan to absolutely bomb the round-robin group stage um, in India. And, and, well, no one will be there to see it because uh, we are 37 days out from the tournament, as our uh, the, the countdown on our site uh, tells me. And, yes, well, if anyone has managed to buy a ticket, do uh, write in. Let us know. Um, they're making... Crick Info's planning for World Cups look good. I mean, uh, you know, we, we tend to throw it all together at the last minute, but uh, I, I think we're well ahead of, of uh, BCCI, ICC.
1: I filed a piece in March, I was reminded this morning. I mean, that, that's that's
0: unheard of. <laughs> anyway, it was amazing. Miller, Miller's
2: piece, one of the pieces for the World Cup, was the only piece we had on the World Cup all this year until like maybe three days ago. <laughs> <It was laughs> the only, <laughs> only piece we had. By the way, just to add to the ICC and the BCCI shambles, Media accreditation for the World Cup has still not opened um, and we're 37 days from the tournament um, and you know there's there's people who are desperate to get some sign that there will be media present at this World Cup from outside the country.
0: It's not like the BCCI to be sort of unfriendly to uh, uh, journalistic organisations or anyone from outside the country that might want to uh, follow a cricket match is it uh, I would say. it's making the 100 look good too. Um, on, on the subject of which every ball counts, but as we know, Miller in cricket, some balls count more than others. Um, the 100 had its best season ever at least according to uh, ECB press releases, increased attendances, uh, TV viewership, merch sales. You had, uh, you've, you've mentioned some of the, the storylines, certainly the uh, Anya Shrubsole's winning Farewell, Southern Brave um, getting the title at the third attempt in, in the women's competition, having been uh, pretty unarguably the best team over, over three editions of the competition. Uh, also also Catherine Siverbrunt bowing out um and and being able to sort of do it on a on a, on a fitting stage um you know with a crowd in to 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 see them off uh at, well Silverbrunt uh, at trent bridge uh Shrub Soul at, at lords um and and then in the men's competition a, a a very good final um and and oval invincibles i think also considered worthy champions um that doesn't mean all is rosy in the garden, uh as, as you've already mentioned as well. I think the TV rights, the terrestrial TV rights are, are up for grabs again from next year. Um, we've we've already had uh I mean rumblings throughout the summer about whether it would be uh, replaced, downgraded, um, scrapped entirely. Richard Gould and Richard Thompson, the, the former sort of um chief uh, chiefs of Surrey who who opposed the tournament when in its sort of from its inception but are now uh, in charge at the ecb uh have have been quite sort of positive about it and and basically said it has to succeed joss butler spoke uh about um where it could sort of fit into the calendar and and, and kind of its importance as well uh and and as england's white ball captain and, and and kind of the star of the of the show from the men's side uh his views obviously carry great weight um is it we've now got sort of 10 11 months until the next one comes around so plenty of plenty of um talking time to to fill that gap miller but um where do you think we are with 100 ball cricket right now
1: yeah well that's a big question um i mean it's (laughs) Thing that bugs me, and you know, I've I've been nice about the hundred so far, so I, I, forgive me for, for segueing back into old gripes. Um, this is more familiar I, for the more familiar territory. Me, <laughs> thing that bugs me and will continue to bug me about the hundred is the the retrofitting of everything that's good about it, and by that by that most specifically, let's talk about the women first and foremost, because you know, I, I Kate Cross, for instance, um, she was she wrote a a, a a fine interview which she basically repeated verbatim on Sky the other day. Um, she was basically saying, I can't believe why anyone has got an issue with 100 uh, people, people who have got an issue with 100 are the ones who don't turn up to watch it. And uh, you know, hands up. and She's probably talking about talking about myself and uh, various other correspondents who've gone off on holiday. You know, we, as you mentioned at the top, uh, if you're going to have a competition that caters for families who have school-aged children who are going to be on holiday, a lot of those families are going to be on holiday. And I know, you know, hands up, my first move on the 1st of August was to get on a plane and go on holiday. So, you know, <laughs> there is there is a degree of retrofitting about the 100 that, that bugs me. And and most fundamentally, the women. Um, everyone talking about how superbly important the game has been for the women's, women's cricket. And I don't disagree. I do not disagree that almost almost consistently until this summer, in fact, uh, you know, the men's team, the men's competition, I felt, was didn't really know its place. And, I, and I, as mentioned, I think the fact that Joss Butler had this storming tournament was a very, very important moment for the men's game, just in terms of anchoring it in a degree of quality that I think was lacking previously. Uh, but for the women, I think you're missing the point if you if you say that you have to have to drill down on what, what's it done for the women's game i think women's sport in general is having a moment i do not necessarily think it's all down to the hundred that the women's game is booming I and mean, you look at the, the lionesses didn't didn't require the permission of the men to be a double header to be the most watched tournament this summer uh with england getting 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 to the final of the, of the women's world cup um the hundred uh was obviously the first mover when it came to uh, really putting the men's and women's on on a on an equal footing marketing-wise, but again, the the women's Ashes was very much fundamentally a, a competition that you know ran concurrently, but it wasn't reliant on the men to uh, to 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 soar. You know, it, 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 it somehow segued between the men's men's Ashes and they probably dovetailed each other, but the women's competition was good in its own right. So to say that you you can't undermine the whole ethos of the 100, because you'll undermine the, the progress that's been made for the women, I think is disingenuous. I don't I don't think fundamentally the 100 was ever fully set up to be a women's competition. Uh, it, you know, one of the most important things I think is forgotten is that when COVID came along, it forced a change of the rationale for the 100 that, you know, previously, I think the women's tournament had been scheduled to take place at Hove and Chelmsford and, and uh, New Road. And, Various other grounds that that Paper, were, you know, I think, was one of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, it was going to just sort of peter along in the background, chugging away while while the men had the had the had the big stages. Covid forced a reappraisal of that and forced them to go back to double headers. And lo and behold, it's ended up with crowds. What was it, twenty one thousand turning up for the women's final, the, the most attended competition in uh, in the game? But twenty seven thousand, I think, turned up for the men. So there were six thousand people who bought tickets for the final who didn't bother to watch the women. So. I think I think there is a there's a degree of retrofitting, a degree of um, backfilling of the story uh, with how all this works, um, but you cannot you cannot escape the fact that it's here now, and it is important that it succeeds. As as Daryl Mitchell, the PCA um, chair back in the day, said, "If if this fails, we're all in trouble." And therefore, you know, you got Richard Gould and uh, and Richard Thompson, previous opponents of the hundred, now in charge. Uh, having moved on from surrey and ovelin Invincible's win uh, sam billings said he's a converted skeptic uh, you know there there it does feel as though the the certain degree of shifting of of attitudes but i don't that, i still don't entirely forgive the the slightly chaotic manner in which we've reached this point in the first place and that that i think you know you can throw all the stats and all the all the good news and, and the numbers and the and the merch and all the other things that have that have been Dumped on, dumped into our inbox in the last couple of days, and say that's absolutely great. But frankly, if it, if it wasn't great, then we'd all be screwed. So you know, it, it, of course it's great because they've thrown absolutely everything they've got at making it work, and it's it's largely down to the fact that you know we, to a degree, we've accepted that we've got to buy into this, that it's succeeding. It, you know, it, it, you know, Cricket Invo has bust a gut this summer to to give it full bells and whistles, ball by ball coverage for. For both men's and women's games it's more than we ever do for the, for the county county cricket simply because you know we accept that this is the height of the english summer it's taken over the whole of august it's on us to you know give it give it the the leg up we feel it deserves to 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 justify the status it's been granted so you know we're all we're all trying to make it succeed it's not it's not simply a case of you know certain certain areas of the media are, are slamming it and complaining that it's all rubbish it's it's not quite that simple it's important that it succeeds, and it's got to succeed on its own merits, not just on the on the on the say so of, of people who were who've who've got an awful lot invested in it. I, th- awesome. I think like that that's
2: part of a sorry, I, it's kind of part of a the global trend for cricket, right? This hard sell. Uh, <laughs> other than I would say, and even the IPL, I guess because you know that it, it doesn't need to sell itself, you would think, but they do do a hard sell themselves. But it's but it's every league, the MLC this summer similar like you know inboxes were flooded the cpl every summer your inboxes are flooded with just like information about how many people watch this how many people it it does feel like the most insecure secure game in in sport in the world at times and like i know it's a modern thing that you have to market stuff and you know it it probably works i've i've had you know i've 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 not followed the hundred that closely this summer but over the last month the, the few conversations that I've had with people about cricket, and I, you know, I'm talking outside of demographics of people who are cricket going, you know, British Asians who I met, in fact, last night in Birmingham, um, who are not really cricket people, but the thing that they did want to ask about cricket, and, you know, I, I, I was expecting them to kind of chat to me about the Asia Cup, and no, they were talking about the 100, and, and how it's gone, whether it's worth them going to the tournament. And, you know, I was, of course, saying, yeah, of course it's worth going, because it's cricket, and it's cheap, and, you know, you get to have a nice day out and stuff, but I, I, like it, it does cut through. I think to 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 a broader public, and I've, I've certainly felt a little bit of that this summer. But yeah, like the hard sell of it and the hard sell of cricket generally is something that I don't know. Maybe we're just old. You know, we, on this pod, we've probably got a combined age of like I don't know, like a hundred and something, um, <laughs> hundred and close to 120, 130, something like that, and. It, it it just like uh, this kind of hard sell, hard sell all the time. We're the greatest thing, we're the greatest thing. Well no, just be a bit more realistic about what you are. You know, you're 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 still a fairly small sport in, in the context of this globe and other sports around you. Um kind of just 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 be just be content with that, but also try and second push for some genuine growth where
0: you can. Second biggest sport in the world, Oz, you know. <laughs> Basketball, rugby, you can throw any of them there, <laughs> and any of them battle ball to, back... now. <laughs> Thanks to a billion people in India, basically. But uh, <laughs> I still,
1: I still one of one other gripe. I must admit, one one thing, and and you know, I'm I'm wary of of the news reports that say that hundred will be scrapped. Bloody blah. I don't think that can happen. I think it's locked in till 2028 because of Sky wanting it, and therefore, you know, you know, for all that the BBC deal is a separate matter. I think if Sky are happy with the product that they've got there's no moving for, for five years. So that, you know, I, I, think, I think all the all the speculation on the fringes is probably um, incorrect. But the one thing that does bug me and has bugged me all along is the format itself. I mean, it just, again, the, the retrofitting just drives me nuts. I mean, Matt did a fantastic piece and analysis of how hard it is to open the batting in the 100 because of the 10 ball, blocks of 10 ball overs and the opportunity to, if you have a bowler bowling five, um, a if he if you get on top of this this bowler, he's only got five balls instead of six, so the batter loses out an opportunity to smash that six ball for six. And if the bat if the bowler, con, conversely, gets on top, he have got an opportunity to bowl another another block of five. So they've set up an entire tournament. They may have lost an hour and a half of uh, of, of, of make weight time that probably makes it more fitting for TV schedules, which or, you know,
0: or maybe even half an hour. <laughs> Oh, well yes yeah, more, more likely. They
1: have, yeah, so they may have made it more 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 amenable to TV schedules, which is fine. I can see the logic of that. But in doing so, they they've actually ended up creating a, a format that I just don't think is as interesting to watch. You know, what you want to see when you go to cricket matches is sixes, surely. If you're not if you're not converting to <laughs> you're, you're a you're a bowler,
0: cricket, Miller. This should be your this should be not, your <laughs> preference.
1: Look, look, if you watch it on <laughs> telly, if you're watching on telly, fine. The nuances of watching, you know.
0: Radhi Spencer Babara Johnson bowling
1: or, or, or Spencer Johnson. Spencer or,
0: or, Johnson bowling 20 balls for one run. That is what that is I mean, crash you know, bang. Well, you're, you're watching on telly, you can
1: accept <laughs> the nuance from behind the bowler's arm. But if you're actually in a stadium, you've been dragged <laughs> to the ground to watch cricket kicking and screaming, I don't really like cricket, boring, and you're sat at fine leg and you're watching Ravi knuckle balls floating down from fine <laughs> leg. What the hell are you going to be able to make of that? Absolutely nothing. I remember <laughs> going to my first test match, it was uh, 1990, the Oval. So Devon Malcolm um, was bowling and it, it wasn't one of his fastest spells but it was rapid but I was at fine leg and you know I occasionally saw the batsman sort of see the ball zipping past it, I didn't see the ball once I mean the ball was <clears> gone, you know if you're behind the bowler's arm you can see the trajectory, follow it, if you're square on at a big stadium not quite knowing what you're watching, the ball's come and gone whether it's a knuckleball or a 95 mile an hour bouncer, you're not going to see it right and so why would you set up an entire format of a game just in- encourages the less interesting side of the live spectacle to dominate. I think that's just stupid. I mean, you know, it got overwritten by. You know, I think um, the oval. I talked about obviously that 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 eliminator at the oval where where Josh Butler and everyone went loco. The 23 twenty-three sixes, I think, in the day. Mm. Absolutely, that's what you want. Surely you want to you <laughs> want to you want to set up your tournament in a, in in such a matter manner that you will get the most fascinating, thrilling spectacle. You've got crowd catches flying around, people fleeing for their lives, kids going wild because the Sixers just landed next to them. It's just, that's surely more compelling uh, as a live spectacle. So that, you know, I, 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 I'm, I, I'll, I'll stay on my soapbox on that one. I, I think the format that 100 has settled on is stupid. And it's, you know, I, I'm, I don't, look, I love the fact that the bowlers can dominate in theory. But in practice, if you're trying to appeal to a new audience, that's the last thing you want. You want the bowlers to get spanked everywhere and to think, wow, that's the most amazing evening's entertainment because the ball has been hit to all parts. Because that's the bit that actually captures imaginations as far as I'm concerned.
0: If you've ever seen Miller's approach to batting as well, this is this is in keeping. There's a, there's a good video of him uh, taking on Shane Warren on the site, uh, yeah. worth checking out uh, for six hitting prowess. Um, certainly, I mean, I remember going to the trials in uh, of of the format in I think 2019, uh, the back end of that summer, and there was a there was this sort of um, uh, clash between the idea that it was going to be sort of popcorn friendly shorter uh obviously the law of unintended consequences uh the, the change of ends being only every 10 balls is is to speed things up but it's made this created this sort of tactical nuance and one of the sort of masterminds behind it all uh Trent Woodhill uh, who I think is still sort of floating around um was very keen on all these things like the, the the um the one that has been taken up by the rest of cricket in fact like uh the new batter always being on strike which is uh was good there's a good argument for that and, and the old way of doing things was probably confusing um but you know to give the bowl the advantage and so on um a, a lot of the kind of tactical things um they, they didn't go with having substitutes in the end but that was another one they um make the game more interesting for from a sort of cricket perspective and from you know the people who are engaged and know how the game works and and, and want to do Uh, Well, I mean, kind of like what Sam Billings was saying with um, the captaincy side of it and the nuances, but they don't necessarily lend to make it a more sort of um, six hitting uh, friendly uh, uh, experience. but yeah. Anyway, we've gone deep into the weeds of uh, of a hundred ball cricket. Here. The the one other thing I wanted to mention, um, and and I mean Oz, that we we talk a lot and we write a lot about kind of the global calendar, the T Twenty, um, the franchise circuit, which is becoming this sort of multi headed beast with um, you know owners in in uh, different territories, and uh, the the year round kind of T Twenty cricketer is is uh, on the horizon. Um, the hundreds kind of out of that tent currently sits outside that because it's it's all you know it's it's an in-house thing with ecb there is, there is no ipl uh investor um involvement yet um <laughs> yeah um, but uh, the other thing with, with you know when this idea was conceived which is uh i think it was 2018 when the ecb announced it was going to be something different having uh, agreed to uh, having got the counties to agree finally on having a sort of city-based tournament in in 2017. Then they said it's going to be this hundred ball thing. Um, th- this is like six years ago now. Um, the 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 landscape has changed, you know, almost completely. And you've got major league cricket. You've got the. the global t20 canada um the, the cpl has always been there but kind of the, the the encroachment on 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 the window that england once had um is not complete i would say but you know it, it it's it, it's clearly um going to be butting up against rival tournaments now uh and for the foreseeable and some of them with quite heavy um financial backing um uh, i think you know the major league cricket That was more likely to clash or did have a clash with the blast this summer which is another another element of the whole conversation from the English perspective but I mean that that situation is uh sort of very fluid um and no one really knows where it's going I suppose apart from the (laughs) it, it is going in one direction um and that makes the hundreds position or it, it complicates things because it, it, ECB, ECB can't just say, well, this is going to be the premier thing in mm. August because <clears throat> everyone else is is kind of has that aim. Everyone else wants their competition to be second to the IPL. I think Butler said we should be, be aiming for yeah. that. I think Rob Key said similar things, but so does the PSL. So does the T10 Masters in the US, I imagine, but you know, it's, it's just, it's not that straightforward, is it?
2: No. And, you know, so the one thing about the hundred, the the weird thing about the hundred is is that the more successful it becomes, um, the more it kind of puts itself in the shop window for renewed private investment from India, for example, right? Like they're going to be looking at this, and, and you know there there was always interest in a way, um, but they'll be looking at something like the hundred and you know the headline from Miller's answer about it being a stupid format, uh like it, it is a it, yeah sure it's it's a it's an outlier of a format, but the more successful it gets, the more IPL franchises, IPL franchise owners will be like well you know England ticks off a lot of boxes for us it has a captive market it has a big lucrative market it's a it's a strong economy. Why don't we invest in there? you know what is the problem England and India are are, are talking through some or the UK and India are talking through some pretty expansive trade deals at the moment. As we speak you know there's been some political controversies happening who's to say six seven years down the line you know this doesn't become one of the one of the pieces of it that you know somebody comes in and says well why can't we invest in one of the city-based teams uh, in the hundred It, it makes sense at many levels strong currency still you know whatever kind of whatever knocks the uk economy has taken over the last couple of years three years whatever it's still generally speaking broadly speaking a strong economy and it, and cricket wise it's an even stronger economy why would you not want to invest in this and, and this the same goes for the bbl you know those are the two kind of leagues out there which are which are which are state owned and by state i mean you know owned by the board pretty much whole and soul and run by them but increasingly that's at odds with how the rest of the world is developing uh you know franchise power everywhere else is 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 kind of working its way out the mlc now the ilt20 the sa20 um all all these organizations all these all these leagues are being run by private franchises and it it's kind of it, it's although it's been obvious for a few years i think the degree of their infiltration into the international calendar has kind of i think dawned upon us this year where where if you now you know with, with the new ftp coming out as well if you look at if you if you think about the international calendar I think more than ever before, probably only people will be aware of uh, England, Australia and India's mid to long-term international commitments over the next few years. You look at every other board, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Bangladesh, I, you have no idea who they're playing, when they might be turning up, even now, even with England, how many people would have known that New Zealand are here um, and will be playing eight white ball matches, I think, is that right, eight white ball matches? Yeah. Um, how many people would and this is just the men's team by the way you know there's a whole like there's a women's calendar that is growing and increasing in size and has more leagues coming up it's it's an absolute mess and it's manifesting itself in different ways you know Pakistan's players are have not yet signed off and that's just one example but they've not yet signed off on their central contracts which ex- uh which expired on June the 30th so the last one's ended June the 30th they have not yet agreed to sign on central contracts because one of the one of, one of the issues up for negotiation was how many leagues will they be given NOCs for to be able to play? And, you know, guys like Shaheen Afridi are, are, are in demand everywhere. You know, if, if Shaheen Afridi gets, as has been speculated upon and, and reported upon, if he gets $450,000 for one season of the ILT20 and he signed up for three seasons, you know, he's... he's making, what, like a, a, about a million and a half over three years, which is money that he will not make playing for Pakistan for a long while. Now, you know, there's there's no doubting his commitment to play for Pakistan, but eventually, you know, him and other players like him will look at the ILT20 as an option and they'll be like, well, you know, that's our kind of, that's our strength. That's our negotiating strength. We can just say to Pakistan, well, we don't want to sign the central contract. We'll retire from the international cricket and play leagues. And I think there are there is now enough of a circuit easily Outside of cricket, outside of international cricket for pretty much anyone who has some basic T20 skill and white ball skill to just forego international cricket and say, well, you know, I'm more than happy to just roam around. And, and it's happening. Trent Bolt has pretty much done it, although he's back for the World Cup. Jason Roy, most high profile kind of incident uh, example on, on the England front. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's begun Next year, next couple of years, next three years, what the world, what the cricket world is going to look like. It, it's going to look like it is now, except I feel like international cricket will have taken even more of a backseat than it is now, bilateral international cricket. You know, the, the ICC, at the time when they were trying to put their new uh, one more event, ICC event into their FTP, a couple of years back when they were pushing hard for it in India were against it, it, it didn't dawn on me then, but it, it now strikes me that the ICC is also kind of Taking its claim in this calendar and saying, right, well, if there's going to be so many leagues, then we're going to have our own event there as well. We're going to have our own event there every year. And, and what loses out in all of this is most of bilateral international cricket, other than, you know, rivalries that are still prospering, like the Ashes. You know, we saw that this year, this summer as well, again, that the Ashes is still a, a big-ticket rivalry. Uh, Australia-India is still a fairly big-ticket rivalry. Um, England-India is... Uh, maybe not at that level, uh, I think, because of the way the series have gone in England and India um, over the last couple of years. But it, it's still one of those. But, you know, outside of that, who's playing, who, where, and who even cares?
1: Yeah. Well, um, just a, tell me good, when the next league is. It's such a good point. And, and, and it all leans into the original point about, um, you know, private investment lurking around the fringe of the hundred. You know, I, I'm starting to starting to come come round to the notion that, you know, it, it, it's not only inevitable, but essential. I don't think English cricket can afford to miss the zeitgeist again, because it's kind of why the hundred happened in the first place. Is they missed the bloody zeitgeist first time round. They invented the T20 cricket, then completely failed to progress it. Uh, Balls up their first attempt. At, uh, you know the Bradshaw Stewart plan would have been the hundred before the hundred needed to reinvent the wheel. They missed their opportunity back in 2008. The IPL took, took first mover status. The rest is history. If England dally now. They're going to miss that moment again because, most fundamentally, you've got MLC has popped up over 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 the pond. First time in the Northern Hemisphere, there's a there's a proper rival. You know, the Caribbean Premier League, with all to, you know, all intents and purposes, you know, great respect to what the Caribbean Premier League is. It's you know, it's beautiful beautiful islands, and as you mentioned, not the strong economy that the US dollar offers, and so completely different player moving in there, and all of the usual. Moves and shakers have moved with it. You know, you got you got Mumbai Indians and Knight Riders are lurking around. They're spreading their tentacles in a way that's so far, you know, private investment hasn't reached the hundred. But if it doesn't reach the hundred soon, you're going to end up with a situation everyone's talking about the the inevitability of of the year-round franchise contract. Uh, and Joss Butler, case in point, Joss Butler is a success story for English cricket this summer for the hundred, sorry, this summer because he is the greatest England white ball cricketer producing the best performance in their own tournament. So hurrah, well done, well done, Joss Butler. But as ever, with everything that England have done right and done wrong in the last 20 years, I would argue, they are reliant so heavily on the goodwill of their players to get anywhere. And mm-hmm. they are relying on the fact that Joss Butler in, in the first instance here, but, you know, pre, previous to him... Ben Stokes and, and Joe Root holding up the stands of the test team. Uh, they are they are reliant on the fact that, you know, the cachet of playing for England, the cachet of being, you know, an inspiring, mm. inspiring a new generation, all the, all the guff that goes into everything that went into the 2019 World Cup and everything that's gone into the 100. We're doing this to make sure kids want to play cricket in England for future generations. At some stage, you're not going to be able to use that cell anymore because those kids are grow up, you know, Harry Brook, case in point, he is the next generation. Does he have the same desire to, you know, do it for the next generation? No, I am the next generation. What's in it for me? Where am I going? I'm not in the World Cup squad. Am I Am I going to go off and be, be a gun for hire like Kieran Pollard was in uh, uh, 10 years ago for, for the West Indies? These are the questions that will hit England round the face with a frying pan if they don't get a grip of where they need to be on the global stage. And so, you know, again, in terms of where the 100 goes from here, I don't think there's any going back for the 100. I think there is definitely, as mentioned, I mm. don't like format. I think there's definitely scope for just turning it back into a T20 competition. But bidding it in its entirety is probably not an option now because it's it's on the board. And fundamentally as well, because it does away with the promotion relegation issue that uh, is, is not a great uh, selling point for, for franchises um i think uh, you know welsh fire for an example you know if welsh fire could yet be a a great story of a, of a team that were dismal for three seasons and then suddenly have have come 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 through the through the ranks if welsh fire was in a promotion relegation scenario they'd probably be in division 4 by now so you know it's it, it's not as simple as that um so you know the investment has got to come into the hundred i think it's got to come from private investment it's got got to come from the first movers in private investment which are the the Mumbai Indians and the night riders of this world who have got their tentacles out in the world game already. And in so doing, you know, Josh Butler, obviously Rajasthan, he's the Rajasthan made a big play for the for the English market in the IPL. That was that mm. was kind of their big selling point when they when they had Joffre and and Stokes and and, and Butler and Livingston and people like that. Um that that is kind of an open goal, really. So, so you know, bring you know, he he's been out there being a uh, an envoy for English cricket overseas, and now it's, okay, come on, bring bring it in. Bring where where where's the payback for all, all the all the all the all the trade missions I've done to to be the MVP in the IPL, all the rest of it. I think that that's kind of where we're looking at now, and in terms of trade as well, you, Oz makes a very good point about the the trade elements of post Brexit and all that all you can draw in all sorts of parallels if you like. But I, I was looking at the the um, list of. Uh, Players who've entered the 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 draft for the BBL, and if you mm. look at look at look at the list on look at the list, I think we've got what I think there are eight New Zealanders next door to next door to Australia. Eight New Zealanders are in the draft. England, England, you look on the top top store in cricket at the moment. You scroll down the number of England players, it rolls and rolls and rolls down the page for I I haven't even counted how many are in there. There are several in there that um, people will not have heard of, genuinely. Mm. I mean Mitchell Stanley, um, with the greatest greatest respect, to Mitchell Stanley. I I've not seen him play. I genuinely know next to nothing about Mitchell Stanley. Worcestershire like, and
0: Manchester Originals legend Mitchell Stanley.
1: He, he, <laughs> <and> Roman <laughs> Walker. He's in there as well. I mean, these are these are guys. These are guys who have, again, with with English cricket's great strength is it is the best exporter of of. Uh, White ball ready cricketer in the world at the moment It's you know it's like mm. it's like French wine you know everyone wants a bit of English white ball cricket and you you can get it you can get it anywhere you look at the moment I mean this afternoon we've got the uh, semi finals of of the of the much derided um white uh, one day one day one day cup in England 50 over cup I mean it's Gloucestershire <laughs> Gloucestershire Leicestershire I mean you know the most extraordinary lineup for the semi final Leicestershire one of the great stories of the second tier of English cricket this summer, precisely because they've they've just got on with playing cricket, while everyone else is 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 is, is just playing the higher level or getting focused on the hundred. Leicester just knuckled down and thought, right, well let's let's let's, let's pull together something that's going to win win things. And, and and Gloucestershire likewise, you know, Miles Hammond went back there having having warmed the bench, uh, I think for Birmingham Phoenix, wasn't it? And um, went back and scored a, a hundred in their in their in their quarter final. Ollie price again a guy I've never yet seen but a guy who every single day of the week when I'm you know uploading the, the county reports Ollie mm-hmm. price has done something else is there <laughs> yeah. genuinely I mean he I, I I I would love to have the chance to see him unfortunately there's so much cricket going on They just don't get out to it anymore which is a another <laughs> another problem of, of of the of the endless treadmill but you know there is so much talent bubbling up in English cricket that's it needs it needs the its market leader. If the hundred is to be the market leader for English cricket, which I think it has to be now for all the reasons mm. discussed, it needs to be back to the hilt and trusted to hold its own in the zeitgeist. It, it, it's not acceptable, I don't think, for English cricket to to try to be the exceptionalism that English cricket has always been accused of over the years. I don't think it's any position to be exceptional anymore. Only in as no. it, it has it has the it has the opportunity to to broaden through the county network the, the the uptick of players. But when it comes to that top level, I think it has to, has to accept, you know, all the talk about being the second best competition in the world is 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 proof in itself that the best competition is the IPL. Mm. You're not going to compete with that. Therefore, you have to buy into the IPL. You've got to buy into the teams, the franchises that are already out there making the running and accept that that is the trade-off. That so, You know, if you don't necessarily see much of Josh Butler outside of 100, and, you know and outside of world cups uh, you're not going to see him in county cricket you're not going to see him necessarily in, in bilateral cricket because bilateral cricket will get squeezed by the fact that these these competitions are going to be going on all over the place but if it means that you for the for the sake of the future generations they see that a guy like joss butler or a guy like harry brooke or whoever it may be gets the opportunity to tour the world playing the best level of cricket at every single moment wherever it may be and then reconvening for England for World Cup or whatever, that feels like the way that the game has got to go now. If it means bilateral cricket gets pushed to the margins as a consequence, I think that is the only way that uh, you're going to ensure that the the best calibre of cricket, the best opportunities for the players within the system um, comes to the surface.
2: You know, one one other small, uh, like, uh, I, I guess, and this is why what makes... The UK is so attractive and England is so attractive to private investment is you know the, the IPL is invested heavily in, in or IPL franchise owners have in, in the US because there's a massive uh subcontinent expat market there waiting demographic waiting to be kind of waiting to be taken seriously to some degree and you know what other country has that great subcontinent mm-hmm. market that's here British Asians yep. British Indians British Pakistan that is a massive massive democratic that's just waiting to be completely and and you know, I think the ECB has done some things right, obviously with trying to be more inclusive in the way their game is. But if you imagine private investment from IPL franchises, maybe even a PSL franchise, Lahore Calendars are, you know, about as ambitious as they come if, if and if they have the resources, if they start putting money into, into the 100 or whatever version of the 100 exists in, you know, five years time, how, how will they change how that that demographic get stepped into in this country with that private investment it, it it you know it 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 could just completely uh launch it into into the stratosphere
1: yeah um, and the, 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 the other the other the, the other issue with with without the private investment you end up i think i think the hundred on balance got away with it this year because possibly because people were just more accepting that okay let's get behind it, it, it it's putting on a good show but nonetheless, the situation we had in the final stage, where Tim Southey rocks up for a random debut um, for Northern, was it, no, London Spirit wasn't he? Random debut, and then Paul Sterling, all, all the, it, Paul Sterling suddenly gets plucked from nowhere to play in the final for Oval Invincibles, precisely because um, well, most most of you know Australia in particular had, had dragged their players back to uh, back to play for a play against South Africa. I don't think you can you can accept it. I don't think that's acceptable in the long term. I don't think if you're gonna build a you know, the, the 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 sanctity of the draft system and all, mm. all you know building out a squad that that's gonna be, you know, gonna get buy-in for Oval Invincibles. I'm a diehard Oval Invincible and then suddenly a randomer comes into play in the final because everyone else has buggered off to play in different parts of the world. I there don't think know. that is acceptable in the long term. So therefore the hundred has got to be that place that everyone congregates. And we we saw this as well. The, the two two um, outstanding um, West Indian players. Uh, one of them, obviously, Sonora Ryan in the Blast. He decided not to come back from MLC to play the, in the Blast finals because, frankly, he got a better deal with with Night Riders over, over over in Texas or wherever he was at the time. Um, Quite so a long he, flight but, as well. <laughs> long long flight. But frankly, <laughs> if it pushes up the shove, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the Night Riders here. Thanks very much. I, I'm I'm not that not that bothered. And likewise. Kieran Pollard, who you know, I spoke to him before MLC, and he he he, he basically said, "There's absolutely no chance. I'm going to I'm going to put 100 over MLC. Um, all my all my eggs are in this particular basket." You know, mm. Mumbai Indians legend Kieran Pollard uh, playing for New York Indians or whatever whatever their franchise is called. There's absolutely no question that you know. And again, West Indies have done this 10 years ago. They they've been down this route that Jason Roy is now tiptoeing down. Think you know what? We're not going to sign a central contract here. We're going to trust the fact that we're good enough to forge a very good career by trusting the market and going with the flow. And England's England's players are just about to start doing that because I um, mean Reece Topley. I spoke yeah. to him before the hundred as well. And he made an you know, incredible point. Uh, it was you know he's he's a very good speaker and he's he's quite he's quite quite thoughtful for a guy who who you know he's he's had a lot of injuries, which I think has probably helped him to recognise the fact that you know he's an incredibly good player. Who has got an incredibly limited shelf life? He said, "You know what? If I turn down the opportunity to play in Major, major League cricket, I'm turning down an opportunity that will exist long after my England career is gone. You know, these, mm-hmm. these, are, these are, these are, these are chances to put down roots, put down. You know, the everyone talks about the Rajasthan Royals family, or all the all the all the nonsense that goes into the, the all the team building, ball. words that use. But but you know, the, fundamentally, that that's really where we're headed." The, the, these 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 global families are going to be going to be looking after their own far better than mm. than most <laughs> boards can look after their international players. Uh, you know the the churn uh, that goes into an international cricket is one thing. It's partly why you know the summer in baseball England just did not drop anyone. Uh, they said no, we are not going to not going to waver here. We're just going to stick to the the family that we've chosen. We're going to go to the nth degree. The the the, the the loyalty, the, the 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 buy-in, the 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 desire to be a part of something bigger. I think that that that's something that the franchise movement has probably latched onto sooner than than international cricket in many ways. And so another reason I think why you know the hundred, if it is to be the tournament English cricket needs, it's got to be got to move with that zeitgeist. It can't start um, backpedalling now and, and move to a, you know an eighteen-team promotion relegation system, which I think. I think would be self defeating and um, would cannibalise the progress that has been made. Um, you know, even if that progress has been, you know, incremental, like, like the front line of the front line of the Somme. Frankly, at times it's been it's been that 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 uh, bloody and bitter and, and done no one any favours in, in in many ways. But we're here now. There is there is a definite sense that, that, that there's progress made on this front, and to give it up now would be a bad idea.
0: Well, to channel Kent Brockman, I, for one, welcome our new franchise overlords. Um, (laughs) Let's move from one format which is uh, highly controversial and everyone has an opinion on to a format that most people have forgotten existed with uh, the 50-over World Cup, 37 days away, people, uh, get your tickets. Um, (laughs) Miller, Ben Stokes is back. Uh, England have named it a squad for... Uh, <laughs> for uh... For a squad to play in New Zealand, but that is ostensibly their World Cup squad, although that can be changed uh, pretty much for the next month. And um, we had kind of an inkling of this, uh, it's been talked about pretty much since he retired last summer, that, well, maybe he could come back and play the World Cup. He is going to come back and play the World Cup. There is no place for Harry Brook, uh, consequently. There's no Joffre Archer, at least for now, who who is uh, continuing his, his, uh, his sort of endless rehab. Um, there is Gus Atkinson, the 95-mile-an-hour balter um but yes uh, uh we're, we're we are we are getting quite close to that uh world cup defense now um and stoke's return was the top line albeit not one that was uh, hugely surprising
1: no it wasn't surprising i mean i i i, I, I thought this was inevitable um and I, I know there's been some comment particularly from tim payne um who who suggested oh, me 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 <laughs> it's completely selfish. i mean frankly you know am i allowed to say willy waving i mean it was frankly it was but it was um it was nonsense, frankly. I we'll mean, find out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> the, the The fundamental thing about Stokes was that he quit fifty over cricket last summer when he was he was exhausted. He was being pulled in every single direction. He would he had just been just taken over as as England's test captain as well. He was about to try to get back into the t Twenty squad to to play in a World Cup he rightly recognized that he could not give his all on all fronts and at the time he said he wanted he could not give 100% to the shirt he wanted to give opportunity to someone else to really make a claim and stake that claim and and, and be the the fifty over a legend that england needed going to the world cup so at that point absolutely no issue with with his decisions i mean it was a, it was a shame for him to have to make the decision but the rationale was fine what happened since England played, I think, eleven T11 ODI games from the moment of his retirement. Nine of them overseas. Six of those were utterly, utterly forgettable. There were three straight in the in the aftermath of the uh, victory in Australia. They played three mm. ODIs two days later. Uh, absolute car crash. They got thrashed three nil. No one gave a damn. Then they go to South Africa, they lose 2-1, I think. Or they win 2-1, I can't remember, which is it? says something in itself. Jofra <laughs> Arch comes back briefly, but again, it's a bit of an experimental team that, that doesn't quite know where it's heading, and it still hasn't got a head of steam going into Bangladesh, where they lose the series again. And again, they've got, um, for Bangladesh, you end up with various players saying, you know what, I don't think I want to go. I'd rather play in the PSL. You know, Sam Billings, you've got uh, Moyan Ali, Jason Roy, Alex Hales, I think, said no thanks. I mean, all of these guys got given the chance <laughs> to stake the claim that, that Stokes said, you know what, I'm, I don't have the time for this. Uh, here you go. Be, be what we need to be for the World Cup. And everyone said, you know what, no thanks. I'll, I'll do something else. I'm, I'm we bothered, don't, have you know? don't have the time for it either. We don't have the time for it either. And Harry Brook comes in in South Africa. He played three. Harry Brook has literally played 350 other matches in any format since before the World Cup in 2019. It's absolutely extraordinary. So to say that Harry Brooke has missed out uh, is a terrible indictment of England's failure to progress. It's, it's nonsense. Harry Brooke, he he got two, two single bigger scores and a very good 80 in those three matches. <laughs> Didn't quite make a claim. And then suddenly Stokes says, you know what, I've surveyed the scenario here. I've won every final I've played in 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 the last two. I've played in three three finals. We'll forget about the first one. Um, and I've kind of fancy my chances of 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 finishing the job. And it's like I I can't complain about that. I don't I don't think there's anyone in English cricket can can possibly have a complaint that Ben Stokes has has picked and choose chosen to to come back for the big event. It's it's basically it's everything we've been talking about in abstract around the franchise circuit here is that. Ultimately, mm. if you are going to be the world's best player, you will be picking and choosing, or your franchise will be picking and choosing where you're playing any given day. And then every now and again, you're going to go back play for England in a major event. I mean, that's literally how it's going to work henceforth. And Ben Stokes is kind of ahead of the curve on, on this one. And he's decided, you know what? I don't necessarily... He, what, he went 21 months, I think, between ODI between T20 appearances ahead of come back mm. for the <laughs> T20 World Cup, which he then wins with a fifty in the final. Um, you know the big game personality that is Ben Stokes will be invaluable again in a tournament very similar to 2019, in which it is very hard to see how England don't get to the semi-finals. They they could they could fall on the heat. They've got a very old team. They could have you know, loss of form and injuries and all the all the sorts of things that can go wrong. But given everything we know about those players who will turn up. It would be shocking if they don't finish in the top four of the round robin stage, and then it's basically as it was in 2019: win two games, win the title. No. So England are in a position, I think, to defend their title and and nail down a legendary status for a whiteboard team that has already got uh, got both titles con- concurrently. Why wouldn't Ben Stokes think, you know what? This is this is my leg. This is my legacy. I built this team. I've, I've won these matches. I'm going to see it through with the rest of my fellow legends, with whom I've I've grown grown the game since 2015. I mean, I I, I literally cannot see any reason why he should should not be there, and any reason why England will not be in a semi final at this stage. Did it,
2: did it have to be at the expense of Harry Brook? I know I know Harry Brook's not been completely ruled out. I think but Joss Butler said the other day that you know it's it's not over yet, basically. But could it have come at the expense of one of their fast bowlers, or are they just worried that? mark well they're, they're worried essentially that one of their fast bowlers might not last an entire tournament or it would be too much of a burden on one of those fast bowlers is liam
1: livingston's the issue because liam livingston's okay. ability to bowl left the ball spin off spin and leg, leg breaks yeah. could be vital uh, you know and especially moeen ali you know those, those two i mean moeen could mo you know every time moeen takes a field you wonder if he if he's if he's got the legs anymore and then suddenly he comes good again so you know <laughs> Moen in Moe in india could be vital him Livingston's spin could be vital but his batting has been he'd uh, mm. miss this 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 100 in particular so he was probably the key one wasn't he I mean, if 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 uh, uh, the... been brook and livingston brook livingston's got more to offer because he because he is is that all-rounder yeah. England could need
0: and at the top of the order they've obviously gone with jason roy still there mm. uh, you've got Johnny Bersow, david milan and joe root probably three of those uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, three of those um are going to play three of those four. Um, so there's a spare batter there. But I mean, I don't think it's inconceivable that Brooks somehow finds his way out there. It's, you know, for whether it's an injury or uh, uh, you know, they they um they change because of form over the next. We have got a month of white ball cricket to come. England are playing. Uh, yeah, New Zealand. They've also got Ireland. Um, right before they Milan, leave, for Milan India. is a
1: is a case in point as well. I mean, Mil- David Milan is is basically everyone's least favourite England player. I think it's probably fair to say everyone wants to drop him at every opportunity. I mean, you know, that's not that's no personal gripe. It's just, it's just the way way it's panned out. And yet, there he is. I think he's got 400 in his last nine appearances. I mean, David Milan has done absolutely everything has been asked of him in a way, probably over and above anyone else in that in that mm. white ball setup. He's the one guy who has really knuckled down and and made a bid for a World Cup place that the rest of the, that squad, for one reason or another, be it basketball or be it injury or be it uh, uh, just general apathy and, and thinking that, that, that 15 of the 50 over cricket's passe until it isn't. Um, he's the one guy who's just thought, no, I'm I making a play for this. I'm I'm going to make myself undroppable. And lo and behold, he's so undroppable he probably won't start. <laughs> it's, you know, he's going he's going as a spare opener. Uh, you know, it's yeah. such a formidably strong team uh, that, it, that that's, um, of course, they're going to have to make tough decisions and leave someone extraordinarily strong out. It's not the same as it was back in 2015 when Ben Stokes, of course, was the guy who they didn't pick because they didn't mm. trust his extraordinary talent. They thought he'd blow up on the big stage. And in, as it turns out, um, you know, he should have played. And the rest is history because we know what happened when he did.
0: Yeah, this is is only his second 50 World Cup, uh, so yeah, who, who could blame him for wanting uh, another piece of the action? Uh, England have got nine players, I think, from from that 2019 um, winning squad. New Zealand, who are who were there the, in the final, as some might say, um, had an equal claim on the trophy. They've they've got quite a few uh, coming back. Trent Bolt, as we've already touched on, he's. Um, Going to play uh, ODI for the first time in a year, having gone into the sort of uh, limbo we were discussing around contracts. Um, Carl Jemison is is fit again, it seems, and there's going to be the the sort of Kane Williamson watch, I think, for the next uh, three or four weeks as well, as to whether he can sort of recover from a, a a really horrible knee injury sustained in the IPL and and be there at the World Cup too. Um, we will quit we will skip quickly on though because uh Pakistan are the number one ranked team in ODIs and the Asia Cup is starting tomorrow. <laughs> now, now that's some proper international cricket relevance uh, for Well, for as
2: as as Monga wrote yesterday, I think that you know the, the Asia Cup is is now a more important and better tournament than the World Cup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I quite buy into it, but you know. I think the Asia cup has just by dint of it being played frequently and regularly and actually been quite smart in changing its format to whatever the format of the world cup is that year. So, you know, they had a T20 Asia cup last year. They had a, they had an ODI world cup, uh, Asia cup uh, in 2018, just by dint of that, I think it's actually become a, it's become an important and relevant tournament again, because there was a time when the Asia cup, I think around 2018 when people were like, well, you know, why really is the Asia cup? Is it just a, is it just a, a, basically a bilateral series between India and Pakistan disguised as a multilateral tournament. But <laughs> I don't think that's the case anymore. I think, you know, there's, there's enough heat and friction uh, among several of those teams in the Asia Cup that have made it actually weirdly compelling to watch, if only because you want to see the next bust-up on the field, you know. So forget, like, Pakistan and India, of course, speaks for itself. And, and they're probably those those two teams are probably really friendly with each other too friendly for 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 there to be any kind of real heat on the field anymore but you look at like Pakistan Afghanistan that's like a that's a proper nasty rivalry that you know threatens to to boil over any given stage like they had a they had a what what's the correct term for the 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 dismissal that we don't call the you know, the one after the great Indian player. Ron's <laughs> Boo? Ron's, yes. They had one of those in the last over of an absolute thriller against Pakistan, just like last week. An absolute <laughs> thriller. Um, They had one of those. They had a bust up on the field last year. Asif Ali threatened to take someone's face off with his bat. I think it was Fazil Hak Faruqi who was bowling. So, you know, there's proper heat there. Sri Lanka, Bangladesh? That's a stand-up, crazy-ass rivalry right there. Like, they, you know, they're threatening to break out into war at any given stage. So there's there's like three or four good rivalries to watch in that tournament, which makes it exciting. I think and, and you know they've been open. There's Nepal is there this year. Always always good to watch. And then you know they're their kind of fan support, although they're playing it in Sri Lanka, they're playing you know one game in Pakistan and then the other is in Sri Lanka. It, it, it's always great following them around um and, and how they're doing. So it, it, it's going to be a good tournament. And and I think it's found a place for itself in this in this weird weird calendar and international calendar of international cricket that we're in right now it's actually found its relevance strangely um and i'm quite looking
0: forward to it maybe that is the secret is to just organize these things with about two weeks notice when you've worked out there's enough space to play it um better organized in and... the world cup I think. <laughs> and i we're, we're you know odis are back we're primed to fall in love with the format again uh, by the end of November, and then and then we can get back into the cycle of talking about its decline and and how it should be removed from the calendar again. Miller, um, the one other thing we should uh, we should mention is England women are playing uh, Sri Lanka um, in T20Is and ODIs, and and I guess the big. Um, talking point there is that however important the 100 is, um, the fact that Tammy Beaumont uh, became the first woman scorer century in the format, this is called the, the, the highest individual score, men's or women's, um, you know, a stellar tournament, reviving Welsh fire, as, as you sort of touched upon earlier. Um, there's no room for her in the T20 squad, uh, having been dropped uh, a year ago, despite them resting um, the likes of Nat Siverbrunt and Sophia Dunkley. Um, there is there are a couple of interesting new faces in Mahika Gore and and Bess Heath, uh, Mahika Gore who's uh, I think seventeen still and has played um, something like nineteen T20Is already for the UAE. But um, yeah, there's there's some interesting subplots there. I mean, the women's game, the calendar gets ever more crowded. There's a, a women's big bash coming up. There's there's another T20 World Cup for them next year. Um, but yeah, Tammy Beaumont uh, is still still looking to break down that particular door.
1: Yeah, I mean she she's been the the, the standout England player of the of the year, really, isn't it? That, that double century in the in the, in the test, and then uh, two two vital innings in in the uh, ODI that that drew England level in the Ashes. Um, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a really tough one because England are at this point of real transition now. It's it's kind of accelerated transition all of a sudden, you know, with the, uh, with the silver Bruns and 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 Shrub-Sol, their, their their retirements from uh, from all all formats now really underlining and Alex Hartley went as well you know another of the 2017 uh, victorious team is has, has bowed out and you know I was talking to Beaumont before the 100 actually and she was sort of saying you know it, it does kind of bring it home to her that you know she looks across the dressing room it's basically her and Heather Knight uh, uh, the ne- next two who are who are waiting waiting for the waiting for the, the moment they get tapped on the shoulder and said off you go so it's a, a it, it's a difficult one I mean she has Found such extraordinary form this summer, but I, I I do understand the logic of of not going back to tried and tested. And you know, there's such a movement of of youth, best epitomised uh, by by Gore, as you mentioned, who who looks an extraordinary prospect. I mean, six foot plenty, left arm, decent wheels. I mean, she's she's unplayable in 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 a way that you know, just you're going to see so few. Bowlers with with those attributes in women's cricket that every time she she rocks up it's gonna it's going to be extraordinary so um I mean she she looks an absolute absolute prospect and yeah just just throwing it open to, to youth I mean we saw what happened more recently you know with, with with the way that England have taken on Australia by being aggressive and going going hard at, at, at areas that perhaps they they were always Australia was always ahead of them uh, over the years, that that gap has clearly narrowed in the course of the Ashes and the, the Hundred has been a good one for England's young players. And so, yeah, trusting the next generation, I think, is fundamentally part of the part of the whole process of the Hundred. Is like, you know they, they, they've had an opportunity to to play on the big stage, absolutely gagging to get a further chance. We saw with Alice Capsey of course, she she made her breakthrough in the Hundred a couple of years ago with a, a fifty at Lords, um, a, a precocious fifty age, what fifteen, I think she was at the time. Uh, and you know, it feels counterintuitive in in the shortest format of the game as well to go back to tried and tested Tammy albeit she's in the form of her life I, I can see the logic there it's a little bit like what the men are doing actually with the with their their squad albeit Chris Jordan's in there now because of a glut of injuries but fundamentally England decided we know what Chris Jordan we know what Tamal Mills can do uh, we want to extend our pool see what else, see what else we've got out there so they, they brought in the likes of John Turner who, who's injured now and, and they haven't uh haven't doubled down on 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 that. So, yeah, I, I suppose it, the the point is it, it the game evolves, doesn't it? And and I think the the women's game has evolved at such pace, thanks in no small part to the hundred as as we've discussed. But equally, if it is evolving that quickly, you've got to give opportunities to these young players to progress to play for England. Because if if they, if you just create a backlog and go back to the the, the old tried and trusted, so that's exa- essentially the problem England had pre twenty sixteen when. You know the the entire squad was a closed shop and you know the likes of Tammy herself I mean she was one of the key uh, beneficiaries of Charlotte Edwards retirement uh, or, or forced eviction in 2015 2016 sorry the, the, the Tammy Beaumont and, and, and Lauren Winfield were the two players on the fringes who who never got an opportunity because the team did not evolve and so um that I suppose is 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 the it's a fundamental point it doesn't mean she'll be any less hungry and it doesn't mean that come the come the next T20 World Cup You won't want to go back to Tammy Beaumont uh, with a point to prove and and throw her in there. But uh, I think for the time being, it it makes sense, um, albeit it's tough on her, um, to to shop around and see who else is out there.
0: There we go. We are back to where we started. The 100 is both the question and the answer. Um, I think that's enough trying to make sense of cricket for one week. We will be back to pick through the New Zealand and Sri Lanka series soon, as well as look forward to a visit from Ireland. Yes, that's happening too. But for now, my thanks to Miller and Oz and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com.